like a lid blue. Today we're going to be crafting some compelling characters, so make sure and stay tuned for this one. It should be a good one. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie writers on the journey toward publication. I'm Tina Katane, and I write Christian fiction. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Jamie Hirschberger, and I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols, and I have a feeling our episode last week got to Tina somehow. <laughs> <laughs> No, here's what happened. I pulled up the I pulled up the outline so that I would not say the uh, intro wrong, and Jen mm-hmm. was typing in there. Tina, who? <laughs> Somebody. Went. I was not. Somebody. That sounds, like a, that sounds like a Jamie thing. Somebody's typing in the. In, <laughs> I typed in, in there the because... outline while I was reading it, and it completely distracted me from what I was. Well, supposed plus it to be moves saying. things down. It changes it on your. Yeah, page. I just kind. Of, got totally discombobulated and anyway welcome to the christian indie writers podcast um and i want to thank everybody that's here in the chat who comes and watches us live or listens live or if you listen later on um, anywhere you listen to podcasts especially what's that country in africa where we're number one um (laughs) the democratic republic of congo yeah maybe we'll have to take a like a trip to congo Meet our adoring fans. That that's well, even in the Democratic Republic of Congo, we haven't broken the top one hundred. We hover oh. at about number one sixty-seven or something like oh, that. Oh, I thought we were. That's one. all podcast. In right? my Not mind, we're minimums. number one. Yeah, I think so. I'm. I'm. I. Uh, I think it might just be Christian ones, Jennifer. Which is interesting <laughs> that there would be a hundred and sixty-seven others, but. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess figure people would rather hear from Joyce Meyer or Joel Osteen or someone before us crazily for some reason. <laughs> or maybe there's just a lot of writers in Uganda. Maybe. Listen, I'm just surprised anyone listens to us. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I know. Like it's, I forget that that actually happens. And to defend myself, okay, what happened was Jen's like today on the podcast, I'm like, am I the host? And I panicked. So I went scrambling to look at the outline. So what I was writing is, oh, it's Tina. Phew, it's not me. That's what I was writing. Right. And I was trying, I was trying to be good and not get the intro wrong and read it. And then, yeah, I should have just went from memory because I feel like it would have went better. Anyway, we'd like to start our uh, each episode that we have um, talking about what's up with each of us. So I'm going to start with you, Jamie, and we're going to go around and everyone's going to say what's up. All righty. I have um, a quote from the Stoics in keeping with the theme of our sprint prompt today, which is about changing seasons. This is uh, Marcus Aurelius wrote in meditations. Here is a rule to remember in future when anything tempts you to feel bitter, not this is misfortune, but To bear this worthily is good fortune. Mm. And then um, my freaking um, Bible, freaking Bible, that's horrible. My Bible scripture that I had 
um, pulled up, I believe, if I can remember, is Joshua 1.9 to parallel that. So let me see if that is indeed what it was. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee wherever thou goest. Um, and of course, that was to people in Joshua, but I think it's also good advice for anybody facing change. Um, how does one bear change worthily? Well, by trusting that God's got it all in his hand. That's it. That's my what's up. Awesome. We have a couple. We have one what's up in the um, in the comments from Maria, who we haven't seen for a while. Hi, Maria. <laughs> she says, hey, I've been a while since I was last able to join my What's Up plotting book five in my HF series to write during Nano. Oh, Nano awesome. is coming. It is. I keep asking. Days. There are two people at my work who are like, someday I'll write a book. So I'm like, are you going to write a book in November? And then they're <laughs> like, what about you? And I'm like, nope. It's just <laughs> not possible this year. Well, maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have been known to do it in a week or something. So maybe uh, on November 21st, I'll start and see how far <laughs> <laughs> We have lots of other people also. Oh, here's another what's up. Piper says that her work in progress is with the editor. Cover is in revisions. That's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. Lots I'm of chat on. in our Facebook group about her mm -hmm. cover. Yeah. Lots of new chatters today. Not new, but not like some people that don't come a lot are here today. So it's really uh, exciting. So we have KR is with us. Hey, Katie. Uh, Kim is here as well. She says, love you, ladies. Oh, we love you too, Kim. Thanks. Thank you. Somebody has to. Shell is here. <laughs> we already said hi to Piper. Teresa is here as well. So lots of people in our chat. If you are listening to this later and you are never here, I've never, never come to our live chat. You should because we have some great people here. Yeah. Okay. So I'll go next to my WhatsApp. I have been um, faithfully typing away at my work in progress and I have um, I had the final scene kept coming into my head and it was just driving me crazy so I had to go write it um, so I, I haven't the book's not done I just went and wrote the final scene uh, and I think I might have turned my series into a, a romance because there's a happily ever after <laughs> Well, that doesn't make it a romance. I know, we weren't a, paying attention com last joke. week. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I got that out of my head. So now I'm back working on my, like, I'm almost to the midpoint in the story. So mm. I'm really excited about what, where it's going and some things that are happening that I hadn't planned on that just, mm -hmm. you know, your characters just take over and they do what they want. So. <laughs> Don't you hate that? Yeah, well, sometimes, but then sometimes it just turns out to be better. Mm -hmm. I agreed. I so, agree. And yeah, so that's basically what's been happening here. What about uh, you, Jen? K well, first of all, KR says, what's up? MEA weekend, so I can be here again. All right, so KR, you're not in Michigan, right? Or is it Michigan? In here in Michigan, it's the Michigan Education Association. So I'm curious as where you are, because I've never heard, I used to be a teacher, I never heard of MEA weekend, so... Teresa says, what's up? Still brainstorming, plotting my nano, making progress. Yay. I I will just kind of flow into my what's up. You can see behind me, I'm making progress on mine as well. Um, it's only 11 days till nano. There's still plenty of time to plan and get ready for it. So um, if you are interested, we're still this coming Sunday night. 
8 p.m. Eastern. We're going to have our next plotting session. And this one's going to be really laid back, more about like just kind of throwing ideas around and getting suggestions for um, basically our our plot points and things like that. So um, join us. If you're not part of our Facebook group, go over on, on over there and join. Um, a link for it is in the show notes. Okay. Um, and KR says it's the Minnesota Educator Academy. Okay. She says it's probably the same thing. I knew it was. she was in Minnesota because oh, okay. she lives really close to where my cousin lives. Mm. Um, so anyway. We're stalking um, you, KR. We, we, we went to Google Earth. We saw your house. We saw you barbecuing in the backyard. We know right she, where you live. She bought some signed copies of my book and I had to mail oh. them to her. So oh, I, that's, <laughs> that's not I, as fun. That's not as fun. <laughs> but yeah, stocking sounds fun. I'm going to try that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So today on today's podcast, we are talking all about character, creating compelling characters through the use of character sketches. Um, so who wants to tell us what is a character sketch? Well, you get a piece of paper and a pencil out. Just kidding. It's not a drawing, which is funny that why they call it sketch. I have no idea. Like, I'm sure that like the word sketch can also mean a description. I get that. But like, I never understood why it was called a character sketch unless people actually do a drawing. Have you ever heard of anyone actually drawing their characters? I'm sure there's some people posting pictures in like Pinterest of what they think their characters look like. I do like. that. I do that. Um, but I think it's like a word sketch. Yes. You know is that how, a thing? Word sketch? I guess I didn't. Yeah, know like that was a thing. with words, you're you're going to sketch mm-hmm. out a picture of your character. Right. So exactly, like you're summarizing their more than just what they look like, though. You, your phys- right. their physical traits for sure, but also their personality, backstory, uh, all Everything. of what makes them. Yeah, what makes them who they are. Um, and for me and most people, those character sketches are usually formed by a list of questions that can you can use over and over again. Once you find a list of questions or you create your own list of questions, every time you do a novel, you can use the same ones over and over again. So, I think it's interesting that it's called a sketch when it ends up being more of an oil painting. <laughs> I think that once you go down the path of thinking about who and what your characters are, it's a little bit difficult to keep them just surface. So I think right. that that's why sketch is, doesn't really seem to fit because mm-hmm. it's not just a brief, let's quickly jot down this or that fact, right. because, um, well, I don't want to jump ahead in the outline, but you kind of feel like the more detail that you can solidify, the better character you will have. Right. And whether you are a plotter or a discovery writer, um, it's important to know your characters. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like discover their characters as they write, but it's still that you have your way of doing a character sketch. That's still part of your of character sketching your right. characters. Yeah. It's like I'm mostly a discovery writer. I'm finding that goalposts are helping me mm-hmm. um, in that discovery process to kind of um, aim it. But I do a lot of writing before I start writing. Um, I, I do like the process that's spelled out in Lisa Crone's book, The Story Genius. Mm-hmm. Um, because in, instead of maybe having a list of questions that you answer, you think about your character's origin story mm-hmm. and you write it. You actually write scenes. Ah. Um, what is it that um, happened to them that caused their 
the deepest desire that your character has that you're that's part of the theme of your story mm-hmm. how did that come into being so you write the scene instead of just answering a question on a sheet and then through that process so as a discovery writer i discover that through mm-hmm. the process of actually writing the character and then um you answer questions like um what is their biggest fear what is the thing that is keeping them from getting this thing that they to- that they did their deepest desire and what it is and so you you write i write Maybe for my main characters, I write more scenes than side characters, but I do this for all the characters. Oh, wow. To know what their their origin story is, what it is, their deepest pain, their deepest desire, their biggest fear, and what's keeping them from getting what they want. So I know all that before I start writing the story. So mine is kind of similar. I use a list of questions that I've gathered from all over the place. I mean, like if I try to figure out, I was talking to the ladies in the last plotting session that we had last Sunday night, um, like I've used KM Wyland stuff. I've used, um, oh, just lot, all the uh, snowflake method. And like, as I've used all these different processes, I pull things from them that work for me. And it's turned into like a system that I use. And I've shared it with the um, the ladies that have sh- that have come to the plotting session. It's still a work in progress, but for me, it's similar to what you're saying, Tina. But I have a list of questions and I answer them. But it's not generally as simple as you know, who is Cade? He's a rancher. No, it's more yeah. like he's a rancher that owns this ranch. Like I go on and on and on and on. So it becomes more of me like doing a brain dump, right? You know, mm-hmm. thing. So that that's again, it's a discovery part of the session of the plotting session for me so as a as a plotter i do character sketches similar to you and that is where i, I have a discovery kind of situation like that right. too. so our goal is the same to know our characters what mm-hmm. their desires are what their problems are but we just discover them differently yeah you discover them through plotting and i discover them through writing right exactly yeah but I think that no matter how you do it, there's going to be some important questions that you have to answer. There, there's a reason why that when you're sketching your, that it's important to sketch sketch your characters. Um, and so, like, there's the basic questions, right? And I'm sure you you do this as you're doing your discovery writing. Is that you know who is your character? Where are they from? What do they look like? What is their family like? Simple questions like that. that are like surface questions. And you imagine, I guess if you think about if you have an acquaintance, you know certain things about that person, right? You know who they, what their name is, where they live. Like those are like acquaintance level questions that are important in a character sketch. But then from, I believe it's more important to answer some like deeper questions. Like the most important questions to, in my opinion, are like, how has your character been hurt? what does your character want or what do they think they need? Like they're like, they might not realize they want it, but they might think that they need it. Um, Generally they don't generally like that's usually a problem, you know? Um, And what do they have to lose? Also, what are their flaws? Oh, I hate reading characters that don't have any flaws. I read this one book a couple months ago. It was um, set in, I believe Montana, um, somewhere in the mountains. It was a great book, except for the female had no flaws. She was born, like I would say would have been spoiled and then had to like run for her life because someone was trying to kill her. And she ended up in this like mountain area. Um, she was supposed to be like this guy's male or a bride, but he passed away. And then his brother is there. And what do you do? Whatever. But like, 
somehow like she just was automatically and instantaneously a good cook. No. How does that happen? If you were like never entered a kitchen before and you have people like you have servants, you're not going to show up in like the like the prairie where you have to like butcher your own meat and you have to take <laughs> lard and make things and like you're not going to just automatically yeah. know how to make biscuits. Like she should have had some flaws. She should have burnt a lot of food and him still like her. You know what I mean? Like anyway. Yeah, so exactly. So they must have flaws, but it's important. Here's Jen, you totally whapped your microphone. Now it's harder to hear you. Oh, oh, so sorry. That's better. Yeah. I got so excited. Um, (laughs) Your hands behind your back. (laughs) I know I've shared this quote. You won't be able to talk. Yeah, I know. I won't be able to. Um, I shared this quote before on the podcast that from an interview I saw with Jeanette Oak, who is one of my all time heroes, but she said, characters matter. And, that's the truth because if you don't have good and compelling characters, you don't have a novel. You just have a story where things happen to random people and that's not a novel, right? So you have to have all these things in there to make your novel a novel, right? I totally agree with everything you're saying. And if you've ever read my stuff, you'll notice that I don't have a lot of physical descriptions of my characters Mm -hmm. because I totally focus on the inward, like the internal. Um, and but I will have like little bits and pieces, but I really like my my readers to be able to picture the characters for themselves, what what they think they look like. Right, agreed. Uh, Leah says, "I like the question. What is their greatest fear? It can really give direction for what conflict would be most impactful." Exactly. And yeah. next week we're going to talk more. We're going to talk about um um plot points and how do you figure out what should be your plot points? I call them disasters, um, your turning points in the story. How do you figure those things out? And it all starts here. You have to have um, some compelling characters with like flaws and their fears and things like that. Piper says, I love making my characters flawed. If uh, Rhonda were in the chat, she'd be like, no, Rhonda, <laughs> Rhonda does not. She doesn't mind I'm making some flaws, but she doesn't like hurting her characters at all. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind killing off a character or two. Like I might cry as I'm doing it, but I think that like, sometimes you got to have those painful moments. Right. And so, and let me just plug writing sprints here because I just want to say that just because you know, all of this about your character doesn't mean it all goes into your book either. And so the beauty of daily writing sprints is that you can take 20 minutes and write a whole bunch of stuff that will never see the light of day that will help you create a compelling character because you are learning all of these things. Um, It may not ever make it into Jen's book. What Cade's greatest fear is like, like, like she might not ever spell out one time he witnessed a bank robbery. And so now he's afraid of guns, whatever. Like she might not ever spell that out in her book, but because she knows it, she will be able to write a character that feels real to the reader. And that's, what's important. And this work you might be loath to do because you'd be like, why waste all this time writing something I'm never going to publish? But again, to sort of go and kick that dog every time I pass by it, you have to practice writing just like you would practice karate or guitar or piano or anything else, or you're never going to get any better at it. Mm -hmm. And so do you think people really want to read all of your practice? Do you want to listen to somebody practice the violin? 
No, you do not. And yet you expect that that violinist is going to practice. Writers, for some reason, think it's a waste of time to write something and then never publish it. And I just want to reiterate that that is not true. I agree. Exactly. I t- totally. Because if you followed this podcast at all, you know that I've been like sprinting in the world of my next novel for a long time. <laughs> I'm not using all of that. But gosh, do I know these characters? I know them. I know how they will react to situations. I feel like I know them almost too well. It might be difficult to write it because I just know them so well, you know, but, um, but that all is important, but I, I'm not going to use it all and doesn't, but I don't feel like it's wasted at all. Right. And then as a discovery writer, if you write your character in these sprints and like give them a situation to deal with that may or may not even be in your book, but how would they, and when you know your characters that well, as you're doing your discovery writing, they make their own choices. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just crazy that they go like, no, I wouldn't do that. That's not who I am. And then <laughs> that's like, true. And yeah. so you, you have to change some things as you're going, but um, it's more authentic. And, you know, then you get reviews from people who say, oh, your character's so real and she has real problems. And I feel like she could be me. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind, that's what you want. If your reader doesn't care about your characters, you have a bored, disinterested reader who's probably going to put your book down. Because no matter how exciting your storyline is, if they don't care about the characters, no one cares about the storyline. That's the truth. Yeah. That is absolutely the truth. Exactly. Um, Piper says, Tina, I got feedback about not putting in enough descriptions of my characters. I think I know what they look like so well that I didn't think about telling everyone else. So see, this is where me as a plotter, why I would say, even if you're a pantser, I would put the time in beforehand to answer some questions or do what Tina does or do like uh, use Cam Wyland's. Um, she's got some questions that like character sketch type of stuff because you think, because you know them in your head, but you may not be putting them out on paper and having that work there that you've already done where you put it out on paper, all these little details, but you might discover things about them that you didn't even know, you know? So for me, like with Cade, I just kind of assumed he was the firstborn because it's the first book. I think I didn't actually do that. But as I've been like doing this character sketch more in depth for these characters, I think he's the little brother. I don't think he's the firstborn. And I think that's why it's going to hurt even more that his older brother basically took his, his girlfriend. But then I think, wouldn't it be even better if it was the little brother that stole the girlfriend? Like that's a real kick in the, you know, in the pants. And so I'm like, so you see what I'm saying? Like you put all this work in and by the time I'm going to really know not only my character, but like how he's hurt and why that hurt is affecting the way he makes decisions now. Cause see, that's why it's important. You don't just throw in like, Oh, his heart was broken. No, the reason the way that his heart was broken is affecting everything that he does in this story. That's why it's important to know it. Mm. Leah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, Oh, wow. Just, no, she was, she already put a quote up. So I was going to let her go. Oh, Leah says, um, I love brain dump writing, especially while figuring out the plot. Me too. <laughs> Teresa she says, also, she also oh. said that she ends up writing about 10,000 wor- words. I can't find worth it. Of notes and character files before she ever starts. Wow. Yeah. That's some dedication right that there, Leah. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Teresa says that evil laugh, Jen. I love hurting people. <laughs> no, I love hurting characters. I don't want to hurt people. 
Uh, real people. What are you talking about? <laughs> Leah, Leah, I keep saying Leah. Sorry. I'm a, I got Star Wars in the brain because Teresa tagged me in something. It was very funny. Yeah, that group. was cute. Yeah. Um, uh, Leah says, our job, chase our characters up a tree and throw rocks at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great. Um, Kim says, really good points, Jamie. I know I don't want to listen to someone practice violin. I don't like hearing myself practice the dulcimer. So, yeah, I don't like listening to myself practice either. So, um, let's see. Oh, KR. KR says, I write family trees for my characters so I don't accidentally contradict myself. That's a great idea, especially if you're doing a series. I know that fantasy writers do series Bibles. I have to do something similar when I write series and everybody is like related or dating each other or whatever. I got to keep those mm-hmm. kind of things straight. So. And Piper says, I think of keeping track of the information I write as I go. That would be a great method. I don't, but I think of it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. I'm with you, Piper. That's me. I'm like, I should really be writing this down. Instead, I find myself with my first book, like thumbing through the pages, trying to find out what was that guy's name? Like. So even for me as a plotter, like it's not so much the character type stuff. I can pretty much keep track of all of that. Like I like once I decide someone's hair color, eye color, if they're, you know, thin or or hefty, whatever, like I see them in my head. That's cemented for me. But like I have to usually sit down before I finish my final edits and I have to do a timeline for my because sometimes it's like it's spring and then the next thing you know it's fall and that doesn't make sense like i have to see like would it make sense that all this would happen in this time period and so for me even as a plotter i have to like have some sort of like bible schedule kind of thing just to double check things so for anyone that likes digital kind of stuff like that plotter p-l-o-t-t-r they have a great timeline, but they also have a section for characters and they have cards already made up where you can put in the hair color and the eye color and all that information that you do during your character sketch. And it also has a place where you could put those pictures that you find online where you think this is what my character looks like. So that's if that's something you like that, I recommend that resource. That's fun. Yeah. And Piper says, yeah, I have learned to use to search feature of Scrivener for past books in the series. Yeah, that's a good point too. You also would, um, it would be not as, I don't think advanced is what Tina was saying, but you could use Scrivener you below, like you have your book and then there's like a, a line and below that is all like your research and stuff. And you could do a folder for each character and then it would be searchable too, you know, so yeah. that you could find things. Yeah. Leah says, Tina, I do that a lot with 10 books. It can get really bad. I now bug my super fans to help me find things. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, my super fans sometimes know more about my characters than I do. I'll forget things and they'll tell me. So, which is good, but bad if you make a mistake. I haven't yet. I haven't yet. But I know of of writers that have gotten blasted by their fans because they um, changed someone's hair color or something. And they're like, oh, no. (laughs) Well, and if you're writing a modern story, you could say, well, they went to the hairdresser. (laughs) There you go. Like if you write historical and or like futuristic like mine, where there are no hairdressers, that could be a problem. (laughs) Um, KR says, I literally have a copy of my book that I read through and wrote in the margins, bookmark stuff and copied down a bunch of information. That's how I found the romantic subplot. As she said earlier, she accidentally found a romantic subplot in her book. That's awesome. (laughs) Accidental romance. Gotta love it. Yeah. Isn't that how romance really happens, though? It's usually accidental. 
Oh, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it's on purpose. <gasps> Your chocolate went into my peanut butter. Oh, remember Your the- peanut butter got into my chocolate. And if you don't understand Jamie's reference, you're too young for us. I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready to propose marriage to Jamie right now. <laughs> it's an old Reese's peanut butter cup commercial from when we were kids. I remember that. Like, uh, yeah. I love Reese's peanut butter. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think maybe we're done with this topic and it's time to move on to our favorite part. Any Ooh. objections? It's Friday. I love Friday. The feeding of the backs. And since Jamie loves Friday so much, I'm going to let her go first. And All she can right. tell you what the prompt is. Today's prompt. Write a short story on the theme. It's a theme. And the theme is a change of season. Okay. All right. All right. We followed the long and winding road through the tunnel of trees and I held my breath as if doing so would make the colors of the leaves stay that way forever Mm -hmm. or as if it were my very breath that were making them fall to the ground and not the huge gales of air blowing in off the lake. Earth, wind and fire gave way to the birds on daddy's eight track and it was so appropriate. It was as though he knew it too, his eyes seeking mine in the rearview mirror as he sang along. A time to build up, a time to break down, a time to dance, a time to mourn, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones together. Though I had been in Sunday school from a very young age, I hadn't yet learned that these lyrics were inspired by the Bible. My child's mind had only known the song as a pleasant one with good harmonies that was fun to sing along to. But that golden afternoon, the leaves were turning color, and the reality that winter was nipping at our heels fell on me, fell upon me, and threatened to panic me. For a moment, my imagination insisted the spinning wheels beneath us were fleeing old man winter until reality set in with the remembrance that we were heading north. I sighed. Again, as if reading my mind, Daddy did some fiddling with the radio, and then it was Gordon Lightfoot providing the soundtrack for our journey. The mournful melody of the wreck of the Envid Fitzgerald filled the air. I glanced at my sister's wondering if they were relishing this manufactured melancholy in the same way Daddy and I seemed to be. But my older one had her headphones on and was likely listening to Duran Duran, and my Mm. little one was passed out on the floor at our feet. I turned my eyes to the front again in the back of my mother's head, which shone in the sun and seemed to have a halo around it, and imagined women, mothers like her, wailing as they received the news that the ship good and true would not be returning and that their sons were lost. Then, as if she could sense I was noticing her, my mother bobbed her head a bit in time with the music. Then her voice joined Gordon's, and she sang out with a confident yet warbling voice. The ship was the pride of the ones who all died, just as Gordon was singing the the ship was the pride of the American side. My mother's disdain for the practice of actually learning the correct song lyrics was legendary in our family. This wasn't one of her more egregious errors, but it was typical mom, and my father and I burst into guffaws. Tension breaker, I yelled. Peg, those aren't the words, my father cried. Well, I don't know. It's a song about all of them dying, my mom said, waving her hand. Suddenly, the mood in the car was as sunny as the day, and thoughts of winter's gloom were far away as we continued onward toward Tequamanon Falls. It was the last vacation we would have together as a family, but I didn't know that then. Mm -hmm. I only knew the sun was shining, the music was good, and the company was grand. I nestled back into my seat and let my eyes soak in the season. Oh, Jamie. I love this. I'm going to guess it's memoir. This is not made up. This is like, because, and if it is made up, well done because the details set the setting, the timing, um, 
I love like the, how you are dressing the songs and stuff. And yeah. Is it, so is it a memoir? Like, did this happen? Uh, no, I would, I guess I would sort of call it a creative nonfiction sausage because it's kind of like what could have happened on any number of trips my parents took us on in the gotcha. car. So uh, it did not happen, but it, you know, could have. And since I've driven through that tunnel of trees to those malls, <laughs> it was like Same. really vivid and real. And I love all those songs, even Duran Duran. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, what's wrong? With I'm glad she's listening. I would listen to Duran Duran too. Well, um, you know, I was in a different um, demographic in those years, in right. the 80s. Duran Duran was probably not my first choice, of, <laughs> but I did not like them. Right. I'll put it that way. For those of you that are wondering, Tequamanon Falls is in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Beautiful, largest um, waterfall that we have here in Michigan. We actually have lots of waterfalls, um, not right around where we live, but um, so yeah, it's a it's something we're all familiar with and have been that usually. We, I remember taking a trip there as a kid and going up the what were those stairs like where you had to climb? Yeah, um, I don't. I up. don't. Yeah, it was anyway. It's but, not Niagara or anything by any means, but it sure is beautiful. It and is driving beautiful. up up north and during this season where the ch- leaves are all changing is kind yes. of a thing that Michiganders do mm-hmm. to go <laughs> see the colors. Right, the color exactly. tour, I think they call it. So Kim says, "I want to ride with you all. I love all the music." Piper says, "Creative nonfiction sausage. Love that." Lol. <laughs> Uh, Leah says in two weeks, she's heading up with the hubby to Mackinac. Can't wait for the drive. That's awesome. Shell says, wow, Jamie, love the scene and love how you use music to evoke emotion and character interactions. Yes. Thank you. Teresa said she loved it. KR says, Jamie, I love the description so much. I haven't been to that spot, but I feel like I can picture it now. I also love the foreshadowing. That was the last trip, but I didn't know that then. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. That's your shattering moment. Yeah, it starts like the, it sounds like the, like an opening scene of a really good novel that you're really going to like. I appreciate that. I love Friday. Thanks everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll go next. If I can find my, okay. I didn't write this in any of my worlds. All right. Rebecca sat at her dining room table, her hand wrapped around a steaming mug of coffee. She wasn't sure if it qualified as a latte because she didn't have one of those fancy machines, but her French press and milk frother did the (laughs) trick for her palate. The house was quiet. She could hear the ticking of the clock and the air blowing through the heating vents. The sudden jarring sound of the ice maker dropping a load caused her to jump. (laughs) There were birds at the bird feeder, little black ones with a red blaze on their chest. She wondered what kind of birds they were. She took interest in watching birds just enough to set up a bird feeder and occasionally remember to fill it. <laughs> she'd even bought a book with pictures and descriptions of various species common to her area. Maybe she'd look for it and try to identify them. She wandered down the hall toward her office, stopping at the door to the boy's old room. She opened it and peered inside. The sun filtered through the curtains, made the room feel happy and inviting. The bunk beds were made, covered with quilts and hues of blues, browns, and greens. A model car collected dust on the desk, a sports car of some kind. She still remembered when her youngest had put it together, bringing it out to show them the joy of pride on his face. The walls were painted white with random black geometric designs, the creative genius of her oldest son who had an artist's soul. She sighed, closing the door and going back into the kitchen. Perhaps she could make some cookies, she thought. 
She changed her mind just as quickly as the thought had come. Who would eat them? Her husband, surely, but he wasn't the biggest fan. Rebecca went back to the dining room, opening the window so she could hear the birds singing. The silence was sad and peaceful all at once, and she'd both enjoyed it and longed for the past. Next week, it would all change, though. Next week, her husband would retire. A wonderful thing, yes, because now they could travel and do all the other things there had never been time for. What worried Rebecca was how she was going to cope with having her high-energy, type-A, never-stop-talking husband around 24-7. Rebecca drained her coffee and headed for her office. She'd better get some writing done now while the perfect environment for doing so still existed. Oh, I love it, Tina. You had me laughing a lot throughout it, just like the little quirks and the, like, because um, it feels a little bit autobiographical, is it? A little. I guess it could be. It's kind of like um, imagining what the future might hold kind of situation. I love, though, that you take, and and a lot of people might not even know this because they're not part of our, what we call the precast, but um, you take a lot of like what's happening to you immediately then or has happened to you that morning and you put it into your writing in a way that isn't you, but it, it, it gives such flavor to your characters and makes them so real that it's just such a great thing that you do that. Like the coffee press and the, you know, the, you know, steaming the milk. That's enough for you. Yeah. Your coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well done. Great, great descriptions. Well, I think that that can help too, as we talk about sketching out characters, as you can ask yourself, how is this character like me? And how is this character not like me? Mm. Or like people that, you know, Mm -hmm. right. Exactly. Yeah. Leah says, Tina, whoops, Tina, my heart, the changing is so hard. Felt it. Agreed. And Piper says, that sounds like creative nonfiction <laughs> sausage, too. Yeah. Mine's a more of an Italian variety. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Shel- Shel says, I loved the sad and peaceful all at the same time and such quick but crunchy details. So good. Yeah, I like that's a really great quick and crunchy. Yeah, Yeah. Shell's a good reviewer. She really is. is. Yeah, yeah. All right. What about you, John? What did you write? I wrote a drabble. Wow. Right. Right? So um, not in my world. I just as I started writing, it just was like, this is going to be a drabble. I just know it will be. And it was. Okay. So for those who don't know, a drabble is a hundred words. Exactly. No more, no less. So quite a challenge. We're I, good, Jen. But also I sprinted it. So uh, only positive feedback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Throw that right. in there, right? A change of season, a drabble by Jennifer Carlton. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Those do not count as words. No, they don't. Um, oh, wait. Shoot. I think it did. I think they've worked It's okay. Uh, okay. It's close Thank enough. You. Thank you. Oh, the a drill part I lay at a later. So the change of season is part of the hundred words. Okay. Anyway, falling leaves, the air turns cold as fall ushers in her grand appearance, like an operatic diva belting her wispy aria on the bitter cold wind and the beautiful display she casts over the land, all red and orange and amber is in one moment, breathtaking the next utterly heartbreaking for where have the warm days gone? When the kids would climb the old maple tree and swing from her majestic branches, that same tree has given up her majesty, for now, in exchange for her winter's nap, while we look on, dreaming of warmer days. Very nice. That's it. That's one of those things that you want to have in writing. 
so that you can read it like several times. No. Because I feel like there's like layers of nuance in there. Mm. That it's beautiful like the first time, but then when right. as you read it through, like there's new things that come out as you're going. Like I feel that's one of those mm. things. Yeah, immediately I'm like, is the fall and the tree sisters, or are they like the witch of the north and the witch of the east? <laughs> like, are they rivals? Mm. I mean, my brain has uh joined you in this personification journey. Oh. And um it's really thought provoking too, because um I'm uh practicing recently trying to stay present mm-hmm. and um trying to not think like, oh, boo-hoo, summer is over. Well, what is happening right now? So anyway, it just sent me on this whole thought path. So it was very provoking. Thanks for that, Jen. Yeah, you're welcome. Plus, I love fall. It's beautiful. At the same time, I hate fall because I love summer. And it means it's gone. (laughs) And if you live in Michigan right now, you're hearing lots of people complain because winter is coming early this year, apparently. Like, it's just so cold. We've had snow two or three times this week already. Um, and so like, luckily it didn't stick, but I can totally relate. It's like barely even 70 here. But then I looked out the window (laughs) this morning and our, my girl's pumpkins are on the front porch and our tree that's all bright red in the front is like leaving leaves on our driveway red. It like looked like I could take a picture of it. It was just so pretty. And so it's like, you get the good with the bad in fall, right? Like, yes, it's beautiful. But the sad thing is, is summer's over and uh, winter's coming, which I don't hate. I don't hate winter, but like I don't love it as much as I do summer. Well, Jen, I think you're going to have to post that into the, our Facebook group because okay. there are multiple requests to have that so they can reread it. Oh, yeah, Shell okay. says beautiful. With- yeah, Shell says beautiful, Jen. Very poetic. Thanks. Leah says so lovely, Jennifer. Kr says that's beautiful, Jen. And then there's Piper. Yeah, I agree with Tina. I want to hear it again and be able to focus on the underlying meanings more. And Kr, yes, wish you had it on screen so I could read it. And now Leah says she's gonna write a drabble. Yay! Um, Kate, Kim says all three made me want to grab my box of tissues for different re- different reasons. Oh, thanks, Kim. That's awesome. Teresa says, Jen, that took me to my parents' backyard and the tree I used to climb and read books in. Over the years, it got struck by lightning and died in phases until my parents had to completely remove it. Wow. Yeah, there there was another tree. The back, the house we live in now was my aunt's. And um, there was another tree in the back that was the tree that we climbed. like Because it was just huge and big, thick, and it was easy to climb. But um, it died. And my husband, actually, along with my brother and dad, had to remove it several years ago. Um, but... The tree I'm talking, we literally have a maple tree in the backyard with a swing in it that, like, is like you know, losing its leaves and stuff. So, yeah, I there's a tree outside the baby's room that my daughter just got done and she was taking pictures. And that tree in the window was just beautiful, it just glows. Yeah, Yeah. it it was glowing, it was uh, just incredible. Yeah, um. KR says fall will be my favorite season if allergies weren't a thing. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Agreed. Um, oh, sad face, Teresa. I would cry. Yeah. And then KR says, sorry about your trees. Well, thanks. Okay. All right. Well, if you wrote today with our prompt, we want to hear what you wrote. We want to read it. So go ahead and post it in the Facebook group because and we'll give you some feedback. Positive only, guys. So let's move on to the what's next portion of our um, podcast. And I'm going to start with Jen this time. We'll go the other way. 
All right. So my what's next is I'm still plotting out my book. I'm still editing my book four. I need to probably start working on a cover for that. I don't know why I've not been doing that, but um, yeah, I've got, I feel like I'm spinning a ton of plates right now. I'm still um, doing, um, I'm marketing every week and trying to like get that going too. And that's been a struggle. Again, I, I know I keep mentioning it, but I don't like, I'm not sharing any marketing information cause I'm still figuring it out. Like, so I don't really have anything to share, but um, yeah. So I'm doing all the things and I'm just, your plant is still alive. Susan is doing fabulous. Thanks for noticing. She appreciates that. And I think you need to straight up plug your Sunday group again, because okay. uh, you brushed you brushed it a little bit, but with NaNoWriMo coming, um, if people are going to start to write 50,000 words in November and they need some kind of a structure, you're there to help, right? Is that what's going on? Yep. Every Sunday, 8 p.m. in the, um, we have two more, I guess it would be, yep, two more Sundays before NaNo. Um, Joining uh, in now isn't a problem, actually, is it? Probably nope, not a problem, but probably not going to be doing one on the 31st. I just realized that like probably won't be home at 8 p.m. So we'll figure that out. But oh, come yeah. to our Facebook group. The link is in the show notes and join our Facebook group. And um every Sunday night or this coming Sunday night, I will post a link. And um I'm not sure if we're gonna continue to roll that into November and have that as a writing session. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out as it goes. But um if you're looking for community. Um, especially during NaNoWriMo, you want to come on over and join our Facebook group. Great community really of writers. I really wanted to do it, but we have a house church that meets from six to eight. Right. And then there's people we have to take home. And by the time I get back, I'm just exhausted and I'm, I'd already be late. So Yeah, I know it's not convenient for everybody, but it's what unfortunately worked for me. Yeah, that's so, fine. You don't right. need to change it for, for me, but I just like have FOMO when I know, I know <laughs> Jen, what's happening. Is that little group of yours there possibly going to meet for a midnight kickoff? Because uh, oh. I know. <laughs> I, just I actually... We actually talked about, I, I, I talked and said, you know, normally the ladies and I do it. I wonder like, and I was like energized when I said that, but like, I don't know. <laughs> it's usually the three of us or the four of I us. I would want to come do. and I might write or something because again, like, uh, just, uh, I'll talk about it. My what's up. Um, but yeah, so think about it and the people who come to your well, group. Right, what, what Jamie is talking about is we did not last year, but historically, the podcast, the podcast ladies have a, an extra podcast episode on um, Halloween night at 11 o'clock. We have a, like a kind of a pre um, nano. nano kind of chat. And then at midnight, as soon as it's is um, November 1st, we do a writing sprint and um, it's usually a lot of fun. It's so nice to wake up in the morning on the first and I already have words like that's mm -hmm. a really great feeling. Um, usually there's a lot of shenanigans because Jen don't do nights really well, <laughs> especially that late. So um, if this is something that you guys would like us to do, if you all would be willing to show up at 11 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock PM on October 31st, um, tell us that in the comments um, because that might motivate us. If no one wants to do it, then I don't want to get, I don't want to stay up late. <laughs> Right. I'll be honest. But if everyone wants to be there and it's a party, I don't want to miss out on a party either. So, right. you know. We got a lot of what's next in the chat. Hyper okay. says next, trying to figure out what to write next, but also have to write the blurb 
while waiting for the editor to finish mm. all the dreaded blurb. blurbs. So Leah do it. says, what's next? I have four chapters to edit. Then this book, Beast, is done. Yay. Probably done this weekend. Yay. Awesome. That's great news. KR says, what's next? Hopefully finishing up the drawing for the banner for my YouTube channel. Ooh. Oh, so you're going to draw it yourself? That's an, that's exciting. I also want to either write out the outline for a book or print out what I have for sticky note purposes. Mm. Um, Teresa, more potty, plotting and planning. I cannot say that. I was going to say plotting <laughs> and planning. <laughs> and um, we've got at least three people that say KR says, I'd be down for a midnight writing sprint. Leah says, I can join the fun, Jen. And Teresa says, I'd love it. My kids don't go to school on November 1st either. So I totally could. So wow. I, hmm. it, might, it might be happening. So my what's next is I'm going to continue um, typing away on my novel, um, getting to some exciting parts like the fantasy stuff is coming into play um, with like there's going to be an oracle. So I get to write that part. So I'm really excited about that. And um, my granddaughter and daughter are coming over tonight and spending the night. We're going to have a girl's night. We're going to make my um, very manly husband pretend to be a girl. So we'll <laughs> Does he know this yet? No. I'm curious. So. But if anybody, my granddaughter has gotten him to wear a necklace before Aww. and a crown. If anyone so can it do happen. it, it'd be the princess. It was like one of those little beady ones, like you get at Mardi mm-hmm. Gras. She had like she had him in necklaces and a crown once, playing Aww. with her dollhouse. So it's not beyond the realm of possibilities. But he'd probably kill me if he knew I was telling all of you about. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> what awesome. about you, Jamie? What's up with you? What's next with you? Oh my goodness. I have um school. School school is wrapping up. I can't even believe it. I'm in a I'm in week 27 of a 30 week Java development program and so this week I have like double the homework I had last week, but then next week I only have exactly as much homework as I had last week on top of the two jobs. And then after that, I'm getting into a capstone project where my group and I will um, create an actual working application and then I will be done. And uh, so as of November 21st, my plate will be a little less full and we'll see what fills the giant sucking vacuum of a hole that has been um, this school that I've been doing, probably applying for jobs. But um, anyway, maybe I will actually be able to get my, that part of my brain that does that kind of stuff will actually not be wrung out like a sponge all the time. And I'll be able to think about other things. So yay. So anyway, I'm nearing the finish line, guys. Almost there. It's like a month, isn't it? It's four, Mm -hmm. four weeks. Yep. Congratulations, Jamie. That's a huge accomplishment. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. Almost there, guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. And so I guess that could this concludes this episode of the Christianity Writers Podcast. So until next week, may your pen be prolific, your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye now.